What the fuck is up, everybody? Welcome to the Great Girth Podcast. <laughs> One half of your favorite fat duo here. My other half, Mr. Austin Rawlson. Austin, buddy, how are you? How was your day? Good. Um, busy day, saving the country. <laughs> saving the country. He's like, a prayer a day makes the comment. Or, uh, damn it, I fucked that up. A pledge a day. Makes the commies go away or some shit. I don't know, dude. Some some boomer shit. <laughs> Keeps the commies away. I don't know. Kicking commie butt. Yeah, dude, pretty much. I slaughtered turkeys today with my dad. That was interesting. Dude, like, it was weird because I was kind of scared. Like, I'm afraid of birds. They're, like, unpredictable, dude. So I was really terrified. I didn't want to touch these things. Luckily, my dad did all that. Like, he picked them up and brought them to... This cone they had. So they, you put the turkey in a cone, you pull its head out, and then you slice the neck. And so you let it bleed out and all that. I killed, like, two of them because he was, like, really emotional about it because he raised them. Like, I guess they're different than chickens. He was like, no, these things, like, have emotion. <laughs> he was like, you could just see it. Like, they become pets. So he was like, I just don't want to do this, but I have to. And they chose, like, three of them to keep alive. So he was like, this is weird, and we're doing it. And I got to see how, like, so after you cut the neck, my uh, stepmom was putting them in a bat of boiling hot water to make it easier for the feathers to come off. Yep. Then she put it in a defeatherer machine. It's like a big-ass washing machine, basically. Right. Well, while that's going on, she's spraying it with a hose to make it a whole lot easier. And when this machine goes, dude, it's, like, spraying water everywhere, and I was getting it in my face. So my dad, like, walked up right after just gutting one of these things to see how we were doing and he starts talking and all of a sudden the thing's going off and he goes I just got KFC juice in my mouth and he's like spitting out (laughs) and then like of course we got blood on us and shit too so I mean it it was not bad like I was more afraid of getting pecked by them because dude they're strong they have force like right when I cut cut one neck for the first time I didn't realize how like strong they were and their heads are thick as fuck man that thing was like I was holding it I wasn't strong enough because I did, you know, I slid his throat and it went fucking right back up into the cone. And my dad was like, it's all good. I got its legs. Like, just let it bleed out. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize he's like, no, you're good. The next one though, just like grab a hold of that sucker. And dude, like once you do it, they kick for a while, dude. They actually like something to do with their nerves. They just stay alive for a long amount of time, but you can feel life leaving them. Like you could feel the fucking feet just like slowly go to sleep <laughs> it was weird i like i held its neck i'm bending the neck to make it bleed faster my dad's got the legs and this thing just fucking boom 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 but like it's still alive and i was like whoa dude i didn't realize like that they could live like that and then we were gutting them just to kind of get them prepped so my dad showed me how i did one with him that was actually really confusing dude like it wasn't easy like i thought you know what i mean like we had to cut off the feet and then we had to cut off the head and we had to rip it open. Well, not rip it open. We had to slice in certain areas, cut around the ass, cut the ass off. That part's gross, dude. There's like shit falling out. There's intestines. It was weird, but it wasn't all that bad. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. My dad was emotional because, like I said, he took care of them. So for me, it was different because I didn't, I didn't raise them. To me, they were food. Right. So I was like, it's not going to hurt me as much. And it didn't. It was actually quite interesting. I was like, wow, I've never killed anything like like that before. You know what I mean? So it was a little different. But 
it was, you know, I'd probably do it again. It was an ass kicking job though. I didn't really do much, but pick those suckers up and move them all over. And those are heavy ass birds, dude, big fuckers. And they're just medium size too. It's your shoulders all sore. Yeah, dude, they're heavy as shit. You got to pick them up by their fucking feet. So they have one they didn't kill yet because they were like, we're going to put a bag over them and just make it like, he was like, we're going to put a bag over them and just slice it because he's too heavy. So it's, it's so big. It's like literally the size of my torso area. Holy big sucker. Yeah. My dad went up to him. And I was like, dude, big hoss. And he was like, come here, buddy. He's all hugging it. And he's like, yeah, tomorrow's your day. And he was like, <laughs> he's like, I like this one. And I was like, dude, that thing's huge. And he told me, he's like, yeah, it's not going to fit in the cone. It's not going to fit in the fucking deep feather thing. We're going to have to pluck it ourselves. He was like, what we'll probably do is they'll they'll cut down on the breastplate and like basically just skin it alive. <laughs> skin it, not skin it alive, but they'll skin it. And then they're going to take out breast meat and all this stuff and just make ground turkey out of it because it's just so big. And right. it's a big sucker, man. He's the king, too. He's got like a thousand necks. <laughs> he's got what they call a beard. It's the shit that comes out of their chest. He's a big motherfucker, dude. I was more terrified of that. He looked like the one you saw in elementary school when you're reading about the pilgrims and shit. That, that, <laughs> that was that thing. <laughs> that was cool. I mean, I had fun. That was, it's a different experience. Like, we're going to go learn how to get honey from a beehive with them, too. That I'm fucking scared of. Dude, I'm so terrified of bees, too. They're not as bad as wasps because wasps are useless. Wasps, wasps serve no purpose. and they're aggressive they'll like hunt you down yeah whereas bees are just kind of like you piss them off they'll sting you and it's done but my dad was like no no no, we're gonna get the honey from them and we're just gonna i guess what he's been doing is he's jarring the honey with the honey like the wax the comb yeah sell them yeah and he actually makes pretty good money off it they're not so they're not selling a lot of the food they've been making this year like the turkeys they had they had 35 of them we killed only 10 today. They're keeping three. The rest they're going to gut up and use for like ground beef or, you know, ground turkey. I meant. But they, he told me, and I actually didn't notice that they're going to freeze them. They can last like years. I legit didn't know that. I was like, wow, that's cool. And he's like, yeah, we're going to eat a lot of turkey. And they did some chickens. They get a lot of eggs, dude. We've been getting eggs from them. And these things are massive, man. They're not like from the store. They're fucking huge. I took a couple one day. I boiled them took them to work and they were so big they were like the size of my hand right here with my, my palm they were massive pretty good though it's like definitely different than what you get at the store i mean technically you know oranges and apples but it's one of those things where people actually um they a don't realize where their food comes from and b right the real shit like uh before it's processed and all that for a store is like 10 times better yeah, people don't people don't understand that. I guess like that's something my dad was telling me that was uh, weird to him. He's like, you know, people drive by all the time and like, whoa, what are you doing with those birds? And he's like, we're gonna, you know, make food out of them. And they're like, what? Like, how do you? I never, no, not me. I couldn't do it. But like, applaud you. I'll just go to the store. And he just looks at him like, where the fuck? How'd they get to the store, dude? <laughs> like, what the fuck is that? Or there was that. There's that famous thing on the radio where that guy's those two dudes are arguing over like water rights. And somebody goes, the, these farms need this water more than you. These farmers need this water more than you need to fill your pool up. 
some lady called in and goes, well, why the farmers need it? No one uses farms anymore. I get we everybody gets their grocery store from grocery from the grocery yeah, store. I'll get my corn from the grocery store. And it's like, you know where it comes from, right? Sorry, I'm fucking with my camera right now because I figured out how to raise this so where it's like platform properly so it doesn't look like I'm just going like this all the time. <laughs> yeah, because I was like, dude, it's not a computer, so it's different. But um I figured for this podcast we do a little fun game. Uh, I mentioned to you, to you earlier the reason why is because I was watching a movie and I thought about it like, wow, it would be kind of cool if you could like change the ending to something or alter the storyline. So for those of you listening, what we're gonna basically do here is we're gonna me Austin and I are gonna pick a movie that we hate or love, or both. I mean, actually, we're gonna pick one that we hate, one that we love. Both of them though, we're gonna alter the story and or change the ending and you can't keep it the way it is it has to be changed and uh, i didn't think of movies yet so i'm still getting there <laughs> i think oh, no. yeah I, I was sitting here thinking about it all day i'm like what two movies would i use and i didn't have a single one so i thought maybe i think one i would for sure change the storyline to would probably be the Michael Mann movie Heat with Robert De Niro and Al Pacino and Val Kilmer. Right. So I like it the way it is, but we got to change it. That's the rule. So that's the one I love. Uh, What I would change about it is the story, I would make it center a little bit more on Val Kilmer's character because I've been reading the sequel book that dude wrote and it's phenomenal and i was like yeah dude they didn't really uh they don't really tell you much about the characters in the first movie or in the only movie i should say uh spoiler they're making a second one but they don't really tell you much about the characters because it's not really about them it's more about the effect that their lifestyles has on them in terms of marriages uh run-ins of the law you know like good cop bad cop criminal Whatever, like any other movie, but this one's a masterpiece. So I would change it to where you get a little more story on Val Kilmer's character. I'd make him more of a main character than De Niro. De Niro would obviously still be the ringleader, but I'd focus more on Kilmer, a little less on Al Pacino as well. I'd make Val Kilmer more of the somewhat like main character, because he really is. He's one of the main characters, but he's very like back burner in that movie. Right. And there's so much potential, especially because, and spoiler, these movies were, if you haven't seen these movies, don't listen to this episode. So as a, if you've seen the movie Heat, you know it ends where Kilmer gets shot during the heist. He survives because, you know, De Niro rescues him. Uh, Kilmer, basically, his character's wife sells him out to the police and they're waiting for her to set him up. He shows up within limits of the apartment complex and she hand gestures kind of like you would at a crap table she signals for him not to go in so he escapes and he's out for good and then uh pacino hunts down de niro at the last minute they get into a gun battle pacino kills him that's it the way i would do it though is kilmer would be the focal point and during the heist de niro would get shot and killed and in a bit of rage kilmer would decide he was going to go after pacino's character and hunt him down they are the ones that go into a shootout, an actual shootout too, not on the tarmac like the ending of the original movie. 
but instead they get into a shootout in a parking lot outside the hotel. They both get struck, but in the end, Pacino is the one that is the victor. He he kills Kilmer, and then in in turn, he's the one holding Kilmer's hand at the end. Like I think that would be a little bit cooler, especially because a like I said, he's one of the focal points of the movie in the first one, but he's not he's not a big character device like De Niro is. And this movie is stacked with people, dude. Tom Sizemore's in it, fucking John Vaught's in it. And you don't see a lot of him either, but like Kilmer's a very important character. They just don't really tell you much about him. He's just kind of like the sidekick. And I was like, that kind of sucks though, because De Niro's old. Even at this point, De Niro's like in his 40s or 50s. Why not have him get killed? And Kilmer in like a fit of rage is like, fuck it, I'm going to go find this motherfucker goes and gets himself killed because that's the fate of the movie as De Niro and Pacino figured out in that one scene in the diner where they're sitting there and he says like brother I'm taking you down if it comes to that and De Niro says well I won't hesitate if you're in my way you're getting out of my way so we know that it's fate that they're gonna shoot each other to the death so it would make sense if Kilmer was like I'm gonna fucking go after this guy and then he falls for it and that's his fate because we already know that it's one or the other. Of course, in this story, the good guy triumphs, so Kilmer's the one that gets killed. I think that would have been a whole lot better, but again, that's in the world of what I think would have made a better story and a better ending. But before I get to the one I hate, I'm going to let you pick one and you describe it. Um, so I won't do the movie that I hate. I'll do that second. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> Um, um, the movie that I movie that I love, but wish wish I could change a few things on, is see I had to I tried to I argue with myself over because the movie I originally picked I was like I can't change this it's almost too perfect, but the movie I love that I wish I could change is um, Revenge of the Sith. Okay, this got this ought to be interesting. I gotta hear this because everyone has like, every, this is on everyone's list of how they would change it. So continue. I'll I, I love Revenge of the Sith. It's it's, it's my favorite Star Wars movie, and I my second favorite. Yeah, it's, it's like up there. It's so criminally underrated. Oh, dude, it's the best of the prequels, in my opinion. It's the best. Um, and uh, and frankly, the. The biggest issue with it, like the second half of that movie is perfect. I mean, don't change a single thing. Second oh, half, absolutely, is yeah. The I wish they would have. They needed to use Dooku more than they used it, and unfortunately, that movie kind of undermines um, General Grievous. Um, because if you watch Clone Wars, yeah, he's like, more important in that show, and he's more dangerous. Yeah, I mean, really, when you meet um, General Grievous in this, he kind of just he he holds his own against um, Kenobi, but you never really feel like Kenobi's in any danger during this. Yeah. So the first thing I do is that battle in the very beginning where they're trying to save Palpatine 
Anakin doesn't end up killing Dooku. Dooku ends up brushing uh, aside right. um, Kenobi, and he's locked up, locked in with Anakin. And you know, Dooku goes through his thing and baits him into turning to the dark side. And before he could kill him, that's when Grievous also shows up. And then Grievous fights all three of them. Um, Anakin and um, Kenobi and Dooku and Grievous wins. It's Grievous who kills um, (laughs) Grievous kills Dooku and suddenly now you have this really and then Grievous kills Dooku really hurts Kenobi and really hurts um, Anakin but Palpatine is able to kind of manipulate his way out of it and get them out and Grievous is able to get away. That way this movie is not just Star is not just the, the issue with this movie is there's no big bad guy. Yeah, that's true. The, the very last portion, you have a bad guy in Skywalker, but yeah. before then, it there's nobody you're really afraid of. Right. So if this happens, this makes Grievous that dominant scary force so that when Kenobi has to go face it by itself, instead of being like, oh, he'll get out of this, that guy's not very good, you're legitimately worried and you're legitimately scared for Kenobi. And then this adds another layer of onto Anakin's fall by now he's concerned and scared for his friend who's going up against this guy who they couldn't beat with three of the best swordsmen in the entire universe. And the um, Jedi Counselor can tell him, no, you can't go. Kenobi needs to do this himself. There's another layer for him to hate the Council, another thing for him to be scared of, another attachment to be pried upon. And it just, it, I think it makes Anakin's fall better, but it also makes the front end of that movie not as much of a drag as it is because there's actually something to be afraid of. Yeah. I mean, that sounds a whole lot better, actually. That's pretty cool now that I think about it. No, you're right, though. There really isn't, like, a villain, a bad guy until up until the end. But, I mean, it's still, like, I, I love that movie, dude. That's fucking... We've had this conversation before. I've always said that after seeing the new Star Wars, the prequels really weren't that bad. The prequels were way better. <laughs> people are starting to realize that, too. That's why I didn't mind Kenobi that much. A lot of people hated it. And I was like, no, I thought it was all right. Like, it wasn't bad. I thought it did justice. Of course, I want to see a little more, but we'll see. I mean, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, I was all for them at bringing Kobe. If they go, if they greenlight a second season, I'm revolting. <laughs> He's like, no more, no more. Leave it as is. Um, I thought it was phenomenal. It's very dude, good. Vader's uh, fucking massacre scene is Groot crazy. Still have goosebumps from when Anakin was. I what. You, um, he said that you didn't kill Skywalker. I did. I'm not. I am not your failure. You didn't kill Skywalker. I did, and it's like, thanks. Yeah, like, you, you fixed so much crap that was broken. Don't just leave it. Leave it. Leave it. Leave it. You yeah, it. exactly. Leave it. Now, now it's not broke. Don't fix it. Anymore. 
Yeah, basically. Um, <clears throat> the movie I would probably fix, it's kind of rough because this is a franchise that has many stories, like different universes, basically. Uh, Halloween. So I would fix Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. I love this movie, even though it's not really a Halloween movie. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Halloween 3 is a sequel to Halloween 1 and 2 from the 70s and 80s. Uh, it's from the same team that brought you the first two, but it's not about Michael Myers. It's about a group of, uh, well, not a group of, it's about an evil scientist that uses some old uh, Wiccan shit, transports it into these masks that you put on these children. And on Halloween night at nine o'clock when they're wearing the mask and they're watching their TV, there's a commercial that goes off from the company that makes the mask and it transforms the mask into essentially pure evil and it murders all the kids. So, like, it's the perfect bad guy movie. It's actually, I really like it. But being a fan of Halloween, I would have changed it. Now, how I would have done it is it would have been a sequel to Halloween 2. Would have been done differently, though. So I wouldn't have Jamie Lee Curtis in it. I wouldn't have most of the characters from the first two in it. Because I wrote this as a treatment. And I always thought this would be a good, like, Halloween 3. It would be a direct sequel to the first two movies. But as I said, this franchise has multiple universes. It's changed over time. There's a sequel to this sequel. There's a rewrite to this sequel. It's it's different. So this would be my version. It would take place about 12, 15 years after the events of the second one. For those of you who don't know, the second one ends where it's still Halloween night. Lori Strode's in the hospital. She just found out Michael's her brother. She narrowly escapes with the help of Dr. Loomis. Dr. Loomis blows himself up with Michael in the hospital. They're fried. So the way I would have continued the story would have been that because of the trauma she went through, she is now in the same sanitarium. She's in Smith's Grove Sanitarium, same place that her brother was in before he got out because now she's traumatized and mentally unstable. That being said, after the fire from the second film, no one has ever recovered Michael's body. He's never been heard or seen from in those 12, 15 years. Until a group of two obsessed fans that hear about the story decide to start meeting Lori at the sanitarium in a way to kind of understand and bring out the evil that they are obsessed with. So there's a character device in this movie. It's not just Michael Myers. It's basically, it's a theme that monsters come in many forms. You got two evil ass kids that want to channel this evil and they don't know what they're fucking with. And so out of the blue, Michael does show up because they find a way to get her to bring him back. And now it's a game of cat and mouse in the sanitarium. They're stuck in there. She has to run from these two kids. And they're like going to be teenage kids, maybe like 20 years old, old enough to buy a Ouija board. (laughs) And then basically she's running from these two evil fucking kids and Michael while they're also trying to figure out how to befriend this creature, make him kill her to fulfill their fantasy, their obsession with the story. It would end where he fucking kills them both and then goes after her. Of course, there's got to be a doctor in the story that's a hero. It can't be Loomis because he's dead from the second one. Probably be somebody else. That's what I would have done for the third one. I would have made it more about like, like, yeah, this is a sequel to the first two, but this isn't the same type of story. This is very different. It's going to be about how even when you're dealing with something there's other aspects to that story. Like what I love about the last Halloween movie that everyone bitched about, it uh, lectured you on mob mentality. 
the idea is the town is like fucking sick of it. And they decide to take matters in their own hands and they learn that that's not the answer. Innocent people get killed. That's kind of what this movie would be about is it's that there is such thing as obsession. There is such thing as a, a psycho obsession. And that would be these two kids that grow up here in the story all their life. They become obsessed with Laurie Strode as a, you know, as a character basically. And they want to use her to bring back the monster because they want to fulfill their sick obsession, their fantasy. Gets them killed. He comes back and it's this, another game of brother chasing sister. The way I probably would have ended though is some doctor saves the day again. She lives or she could die too. But I mean, in this one, Michael would have to die and it would be the, the final installment. It would be the, the final chapter. That's what I would, that's what I would have done. Cause I really, I did like Halloween three, but I kind of hated it because of the fact that it just fucking didn't do what fans wanted it to do. So this one's kind of weird for me. It's, it is a movie I, like I hate in that aspect, but I, I respect it in some. So it's a little different for me. Again, it is one that I respect and I do enjoy from time to time, but I hate it because it's not the correct movie, in my opinion. Okay. <laughs> Damn, but, kids watching too much E! Network. Yes, exactly. Like Michael Myers was a dangerous man. They're like, cool. Well, that would be the first hour of the movie is about their obsession and how they're like looking this up and they're looking for her and they find the sanitarium, they find her. Michael wouldn't show up to like the very, very end, basically. And the last 15, right. 20 minutes would be dedicated to the stalking. <laughs> less kills, less gore, just like the first one. So the movie I want to fix is a movie that some people like a lot. Some people really hate I despise it because it is so close to being a good movie. And probably as just a regular movie, it's a halfway decent movie. But as a Superman movie, it's not a good Superman movie. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> and that's Man of Steel. How do I know? And, and I can fix Man of Steel with two things. Two quick fixes that will fix Man of Steel and make Man of Steel the greatest Superman movie and maybe one of the greatest um, comic book movies of all time. Number one, Jonathan Kent doesn't fucking die, you freaking douchebags. This is what pisses me off. Superman's moral I lo- I really liked I would I love to see a young Superman. Okay, this is what Man of Steel is like. We're gonna give you a young, inexperienced Superman who doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Okay, and that's fine. Do that. That's that's gonna be that's great. I would love to see that. But the issue is, Superman's moral compass isn't Martha. It's John. Hope starts with an ass, stupid. <laughs> no, hope starts with an H because the fucking ass. Not, oh my god, I'm sorry. Go ahead. So, John should die because it's so. Even Man of Steel knows that he shouldn't die because they keep trying to do like, like, like the flashback on, scenes. Yeah, like he's on mushrooms and he keeps hallucinating his dad or something. Yeah, that was dumb. I think that's because they wanted Kevin Costner in a full movie. <laughs> Well, it's because they know that 
Superman's entire moral center is around John. Um, Jonathan Kent teaches Superman how to be a man and like what a good man is. And I understand that if you make it a Superman movie, Warner Brothers doesn't want to make a, a story about how important manhood is and how important being a father is or how important or the role of a man in a, in in society is. That's but every that, movie studio. <laughs> that's what, that is what a, a Superman is. So I'm redoing Man of Steel. It starts out just like it is. It goes exactly until Kent is gone. Okay? Second thing we fix. We need more Clark, and I'm going to need Henry Cavill to be a little bit more awkward, okay? <laughs> the issue we had, the issue we had with um, the new Batman, however great it was, what was the biggest problem? Well, he wasn't Bruce Wayne. There's no Bruce Wayne. Yeah, there. he's Batman he's, the entire fucking time, even when he's Bruce he's, Wayne. He's never happy. He's never going to parties. He's never picking up chicks. Is that he's emo never, kid listening to Nirvana in his cave, dude? Like, he's yeah. He's never spending billions of dollars just to fuck someone over. Someone laughed at him, yeah. and he goes, "You know what? Screw you! I now own your restaurant. Fuck you." Yeah, he doesn't do any of that. I need that. Just like in a Superman movie, I need Clark Kent to question: <sighs> Is this the right thing to do? I need yeah. Clark Kent. To be kind of awkward. This Clark Kent in this movie talks up to um talks up talks up Lois Lane like it's nobody's business. He it's just like Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man. How we need that kind of Spider-Man is who Peter Parker wants to be. Right. Superman needs to be who Clark Kent wants to be. Clark and the, 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 the only difference in, in A Man of Steel between Clark Kent and Superman is one's wearing glasses. Right. Clark In this movie, Clark Kent has no responsibilities. Superman has no responsibilities. There's, there's no... They wanted a... Warner Brothers wanted to make a movie about a god. But yeah. Superman shouldn't... Superman is a god with human problems. Essentially, yeah. And so by killing John, you made him lose his moral compass uh, by by cutting Clark Kent almost completely out of this movie, you lost all of his moral objections. So all this is is a fun movie with two super-powered, undestructible human beings slamming each other into buildings, and there's no heart, and there's no... The heart of this movie is gutted out. Yeah. And so yeah, I, in, I can see your point. And so in, in My Man of Steel, John doesn't die. And that big fight that happens where they knock a building, bunch of buildings down, that happens in the middle of the movie. Right. And we need a scene of, of Superman being Clark, taking and him just hitting an old pickup truck and driving down to Kansas and being confused about is it my job to defend these people, even if it means I have to destroy a bunch of stuff and a bunch of people have to die? Or is it or do I not owe these people anything? And I need I want a scene where Superman um Clark Clint Kent is sitting on the back of his um truck, is kind of leaned over, and you can see in the back on the radio, you can hear a story of the 
They're like, this is 07. And we're, they're still digging people out of the rubble in Metropolis after the two mysterious men were fighting. The death tolls now up to 18 people. Something like this. And you can, and I need Clark. I need Clark to be Clark Kent, not Superman. Not chest puffed out, looking around like this the whole time. I need to see slumped forward shoulders. Like holding his head in his hand, questioning his entire life existence. Yeah. And John walks out, takes his goat skin gloves off, and sticks his back pocket, and sits down next to him. And I want him to say, I want Clark to be like, I can't do this. I'm hurting more people than I'm saying. I'm hurting, I'm hurting people. Right, right. And and Martha could do her thing. These people don't owe you anything. Blah, blah, blah. That's Martha Kent. They did a great job with Martha on this. You you don't owe these people anything. You do what you want to do. If they die, fuck them. It's not your job to save them. It's John's job to say, no, you have yeah. these powers. It gives you this responsibility. You just need to figure it out. You're the most powerful person on the human being, and these people need protecting. And it's important for you to protect them because they, and it needs to be, and he goes like, I'm hurting these people. The people of this planet are, and and John needs to go, you are the people of this planet. Right. Is that Superman? Humanity is not in who, where you from or what you, is not who you are or what you're from or what background you're from. It's the decisions you make. And I need to see, and I need him to be like, well, I'm not human. And I want that line. Jonathan to say the exact quote from the comic books. Your humanity is not who you are or where you came from. It's the decisions you make. Yeah. And that's when you see that confidence shift. That confidence shift has to come from John because that's the moral um, center of Superman. And then Superman goes and beats the snail. And if you want Superman to snap the and if you want Superman to snap the dude's neck to learn a lesson, then yeah. do that. That's fine. I get it. Everybody has to learn their lesson the first time. But don't fucking kill him the next. Never mind. That's a different move. <laughs> you got to admit, though, Michael Shannon as General Zod is really cool. Like he's he's a good actor, so he always plays a good villain. But I love I, the lo- I, I love Russell lo- Crowe as Jor El too, though, man. For the ten minutes he was in it, I love I love the line. I have trained my whole life to be a warrior. I've yeah. lived it and breathed it. What have you trained? On a farm? <laughs> yeah, that is pretty... I keep that line in, but Superman in hits case. him over. So he keeps that line. What do you do? On a farm, but I change it where Superman hits him over the head with a John Deere tractor. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Here's a good question for the podcast. So, like, have you ever come across... Have you ever come across a movie, whether it's like just a solo movie, a sequel, a prequel, whatever, that obviously was bad, had bad reviews, it's a gas station movie, it didn't make it to theaters, or maybe it did and it's still bad, that you watched just to say fuck it and kill time, and you actually enjoyed it? Oh, yeah. That's, that's happened to me, dude. Like, I happened the other night, I was watching, um, it's called Woman in Black 2. So for those of you that don't know, The Woman in Black is a movie with Daniel Radcliffe in it where he goes to sell a giant estate. This takes place in like 1800 England or something. The house is haunted, all right? 
it's haunted it's cursed by a woman who life was fucked up kids were taken from her she killed herself whatever so the curse she put on the town is anytime an adult sees her she kills somebody's kid so they want this fucker out they don't want him to sell the woman's house because again she's the curse of the town so they made a second one i actually didn't know that and um what the fuck just happened I made a second one. Hold on. Something's wrong with my computer. Oh. What the fuck is this? Oh. Can you see me? No. No. Hold on. What the fuck? Oh, it's coming back. I can hear you. Oh, there you are. What the fuck? Why can't I see you? What the hell? Motherfucking son of a bitch. Yeah, give me one second, bro. This is some bullshit. Oh, wait, hold on. There's There we go. What was that about? My shit just, like, froze up. Hold on. Now you're frozen. It's my whole ass computer. There's something on my computer. Dude, that's what it was doing to me the other day. Yeah, see, now it's acting all fucking sketch. There we go. Now it's fucking actually working. I think it's uh, what's happening? Low system resources may affect your audio. Yeah, quality. did you did you open a win another window or something on your computer? No, uh, just my internet. I'm gonna close that out though. Yeah, if you open anything when you're trying to use this, it will tank your computer. That sucks, man. Oh, I mean. We get good quality videos out of this and audio, but like it's not like Skype where you can just do anything. But um, yeah, they made a second one, right? And so it's about it takes place like during I think it's World War One or two. These kids are I think it's World War Two. These kids are escaping Nazi Germany, and they're on a bus ride. The bus basically it cuts down right outside the town. They go through the town. They take the kids to the mansion that belongs to the cursed woman ghost from the first one. And it's like a whole bunch of kids and fucking some ladies. So it's way more of a massacre, basically, or it's supposed to be. I actually enjoyed it. I looked it up. Not a good rating. IMD says it's shit. Rotten Tomatoes says it's shit. Clearly, I never heard of it because the first one I actually enjoyed. I thought the first one was a really good movie. It scared the shit out of me. But I watched it and I was like, yeah, I actually kind of like this. It's really not bad. It's, It's a fucking cheese fest, but it you know, like, it was good. I was like, I actually enjoyed this. Have you had a movie like that before where you just watched it, like, everyone said it sucked and it technically does, but you still just enjoy it for some reason? Yeah, Jack and Jill. That movie sucks. <laughs> Jack and Jill is such a bad movie. The yeah, first time I watched it, I was laughing so hard. <laughs> Freaking the goddamn parrot when they're driving down the road, he gets pissed off, he rolls the windows down, he gets stuck. Where were you? Dude, we gotta... it's, like, it's like stuff up against the bars. It's just... You know what we got to do? Um, we have to watch another Adam Sandler movie. Because the watch-alongs we've done, if they're not South Park, they're Adam Sandler movies. So we, did, <laughs> we did He'll Be Halloween and then fucking Longest Yard, and they were both Adam Sandler. It's because Adam Sandler is so enjoyable, dude. Like, I think you could watch some of his shitty movies and still enjoy them in some way. The only right. one I would say is like unwatchable is uh, well, aside from Jack and Jill, 
Fucking Grown Ups 2. That is a fucking terrible movie. Have you ever seen it? If you haven't, don't. Yeah, Grown Ups 2. Is that the one? Or is that bad. The no, the first Grown Ups is at the water park. Yeah, the second one's fucking terrible, dude. Like, okay, the first one's really not that good either, but I thought it was funny. I enjoyed it. There are, there are funny moments in that movie. Yeah, and the second one, it's like, what the oh, fuck? Oh, no, you, you got do? Coach on the Chicken. Yeah, that's that movie. So, that. Yeah, he's like, I don't care, guys. I'm hungry. And he grabs one. <laughs> like, that was funny. Or when they're all checking that chicken, he's like, are we all staring in the same direction? Yeah, all right, back to the trees. All right, back to her. <laughs> like, and that switch. was funny. <laughs> switch. Switch. Now, that's a funny-ass movie. Oh, shit. Well, here's a good question. So, like, in terms of movies, since we're on that topic, if you can make any movie you want, and we've discussed this before, but we had talked about, like, a comic book movie or an adaptation of sorts. If you could make an original piece, something from your own creation, what would it be about? So I'll start it. Like I've mentioned this to you before. I was actually writing it as a story. I finished it, but I never edited it. And I never like put it online anywhere. It's sitting in my laptop somewhere, probably collecting digital dust. But (laughs) I wrote a story. It takes place during a um, full on, a respiratory outbreak there's a flu-like virus that's going around and it's making people sick and it's killing them and it's gotten so bad that basically almost every major city is a fucking war zone this guy this girl and a couple people get together they just band together through this war zone and they're like we got to get out of the city it's getting fucking terrible people are getting sick they're dying Nobody can get their hands on the vaccines that were released and shit. It's it's COVID. It's basically COVID. Just 10 times worse. So this guy has a Jeep and he's like, I know where to go. And he takes them to his grandmother's old property, which is an old ass mansion. It's, it's in the family for years, but nobody's lived in it since his grandmother passed. Now, as the story goes on, you learn some things about the house. One is it's infested with demons. It's fucking haunted. But he has nowhere else to go. And he's like, this is the only place no one would think to come. But it's a place that I don't want to go. So as the story goes on where each character realizes that this fucking place is haunted, he has flashbacks of like why he left. The shit he saw as a kid. The ghosts that would talk to him and torment him and shit. But they all start experiencing it. But he's hiding that dirty secret. He doesn't want them to know that he knows the house is haunted and that it's actually killed people. But it comes down to like, hey, we have a monster in here to deal with or we have a monster out there to deal with. Like which one? You know, like which one's the lesser evil? That's what I would turn into a movie. That was my own original piece. But what about you? I mean, you got a big brain too. I know you'd probably make something into a movie of some sort. Hey, knock it off. Sorry. No, 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 you're good, dude. Someone has let off a firework. She's like, someone's shooting at us. What the fuck was that? Oh, oh someone's shooting at us. Well, she got shot. My dog got shot when she was in Nebraska. So oh, fuck. She's like so scared of that explosions. But, um, yeah, she was running cattle and some ranchers like, chase these cows now. Cock. Yeah. Shot some bird shot at her. She got a big old scar on the top of her head. That's sad, dude. I'll teach her to chase cows, I guess. No, but um, I'd probably I'd probably make a political thriller that's kind of 
Like, like we oh, have, yeah. we have, we have like we have like weird political thrillers and but like TV shows, but we don't really have a really great like movie about that's not like based off someone already. Yeah, that's true. They're all like true stories of some sort. Yeah, so I would do like a West Wing esque kind of movie, but make it super, um, but make it like. Like take, I want to do what stop okay. Attack, uh, Phantom Menace has got all that politics in it, but yeah. it's like the worst kind of politics. I want to do like an inner space, like political drama. This may this probably would even be better as a TV show, but make it like good <laughs> politics, not right. boring crap. Like we should, yeah, no, go like, ahead, sir. And have have this universe be on the precipice of like absolute war, and it's right. up to this one elected, democratically elected president of this one planet that's remained neutral to now negotiate peace talks or risk an entire universal, like an entire solar system, exploding because of a war. That would actually be pretty sick. That'd be fucking crazy. (laughs) And to make it the best thing ever, the person who got elected ran as a joke. Dude, for making an all-star cast, too, it has to be. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever, um, have you watched Space Force? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Freaking, that show is so freaking good. Well, it's Steve Carell, man. Like, that's... I didn't want to get into it because it's basically like a mockery of politics. But then I was like, well, I mean, that's kind of when you enjoy it the most is because do you really want to live like with serious politics all the time? Like, don't you want a satire of some sort? That's why I enjoyed that show, The Boys. It's an, it's a satire. It's about our political obsessions. But that's what I loved about Space Force and fucking Steve Carell, dude. That guy, like, it's so hard to find something that he's in that sucks. I don't think I've oh, seen yeah, anything yeah. he's ever done that's terrible. He's a great actor. He did a movie too that was fucked up, dude. I don't remember the name of it, but it's a true story about a dad. He plays the dad, obviously, whose son gets like heavily addicted to drugs, especially heroin. And he spends years like trying to find his son, trying to help his son. It's such a fucking sad movie, and Steve Carell is amazing in it. Yeah, if I could, if I could, um, and then, like, definitely I'd want, I mean, if I could pick anybody to be cast as that president, the reason I brought that up is because I think Steve Carell would do such an awesome job as, like, this dude who kind of is like, you know what? Everybody else who's running for this office kind of sucks. So yeah. I'm just going to run and make a joke out of it just to make <laughs> a protest vote. Yeah. And enough people vote for him that he actually be um that he actually becomes president like leader of this entire planet and now he (laughs) and so it's it's him having now to go like all the stress of having to negotiate um negotiate out of a war so war doesn't happen because we'll make it very clear this war if it happens is going to destroy this the the, like the like part of the solar system or whatever yeah um, 
but they're like egos and everything. And he's got to go in and kind of um, talk them down and negotiate a peace treaty before they do it. But of course, it's Steve Carell, so it's got to be absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, like, he's got to be a dumb. By person. his first his first day, he's supposed to meet at this plane. He's supposed to catch this um, ship. And he's 10 minutes late, misses the ship, and has to call them and say, we're going to have to meet tomorrow because the next ship <laughs> doesn't go out until tomorrow. But I missed the ship. And they're and these guys all just go like, you mean you don't have like a presidential aircraft? Right. Goes, Hold on. Looks at the um, like security goes, hey, do I have like a president, like a like a presidential aircraft? They go, yeah, of course. It's because not everybody knows about it. <laughs> Steve Corral, dude. Fucking. I know we've talked about, like, in our opinion, what's the best movie ever made, the worst movie ever made, and all that. But let's pick a movie from each genre that we think is the best of its genre. So, like, for example, I believe that, um, I know how much hate I'm going to get for this, but I believe that Armageddon is the best, like, apocalyptic film of the genre of science fiction just because it has something for everybody it's not just an end of the world film and if we don't do something about it it'll be the end of the world but you got bruce willis and ben affleck you have like a steve buscemi or however the fuck you say his name it's a star-studded cast dude like that's in my opinion that's probably the best like end of the world type movie of the genre but what what would you say either for that genre or whatever genre you want to pick you said Armageddon's the best disaster movie? I think so, yeah. It's a cross between that and like maybe The Day After Tomorrow. I don't know. I like The Day After Tomorrow, too. That's a pretty good one. Oh, it's Independence Day. That's more of an eight. Well, actually, yeah, you're right. Because I was going to say it's more of an alien movie, but then I was like, well, that's the end of the world, too. You're right, dude. That is a really good one. And they fucked it up with the second one, dude. Oh, Don't watch it. So bad. It's horrible. Yeah. Like, so bad. People were saying it was bad. And I was like, I'm going to give hope and watch it dude it fucking sucked right away i was so mad um okay so okay that you know i yeah i take that back i agree independence day is the best like end of the world i think that uh i'm not really one for like i'm not really one for comedies i like comedies i really do they're good medicine but i'm not into them as much i want to say the best Damn, this oh, is actually. You know what movie that I thought was a fever dream? What? That I found out it's an actual movie. You remember the movie where the dude gets electrocuted and then he can what women want? Oh my God, Mel Gibson! Yeah, that's yeah, a where he gets, awesome where he gets, movie. Where he gets electrocuted and he can hear women's um, thoughts. What they're saying, yeah. Dude. I I thought that was like an absolute like, fever <laughs> dream I had one time. No, that's I a real movie. I didn't realize it was a real movie, and I was walking in. Um, Best Buy um, the other day, and they were playing that movie on one of the TVs. Like, that's real movie. I freaking knew it. Yeah, dude, that's a good one. I'm glad you brought that up because my mom has this right. So we used to have this case of like not returning blockbuster videos. That was one of them, dude. We still had the like case for it and everything. It's in her storage, or it's in her. Um, yeah, it's in the basement somewhere like in their little storage unit down there 
it's in the blockbuster fucking case and everything. We never returned it. And I just used to watch it over and over because, dude, it's actually a good movie. How does, it make, like you feel to, how does it make you feel to know that you're responsible for blockbuster going out? Yeah, I know. Uh, hey, do you want to hear a fun little fact? You can Google this too. This is true. You want to know the last movie ever rented by, or not rented, I think it was sold. The last movie ever sold by Blockbuster before they closed doors. Take a guess. Ice Age 2. This is the end. No, that's messed up. Isn't that fucking weird? You're like, wait, that was the last movie they ever sold. That was intentional. I refuse to believe it's not, wasn't. No, for real. Somebody had to have been like, okay, they gotta close the doors soon. And they went in there and bought it. Like, to get, lo- get online. That's a funny movie, though. I mean, like, it's hard to say what's the best comedy ever because there's so many of them. There's Spaceballs, Caddyshack. No, the answer is Spaceballs. I don't know, though, bro, because Pineapple Express is pretty good, too. Step Brothers is good, but it's not as funny as people say it is. Nah, Step Brothers is better than Pineapple Express. I gotta agree. Yeah. I used to think Pineapple Express was better, but I'm alive. You're burying me alive. Shut I'm burying you. Up. <laughs> Shut up. You're gonna wake up the neighbors. The Hangover, the first one, is definitely up there as one of the greatest movies ever. Fucking anything that guy does, Todd Phillips, dude, like old school fucking road or not road trip. Uh, old school. God, what else did he do? Not just old school. He did old school, The Hangover. And what the fuck is the other one I'm thinking of? Todd Phillips, though, he's a fucking master at comedy. Old school is fucking amazing, dude. Have you seen old school? Uh, a long time ago. Yeah, it's the one where they have to start a frat in order for him to keep his house or whatever. I think that if I remember correctly, that's what it was. It's like Luke Wilson, Will Ferrell, Vince Vaughn. And at one point, they're kidnapping pledges. And like... They kidnap this fucking dude from his wife outside of the like the store. They're in the parking lot and they get his ass, put him in the van, and Will Ferrell goes over to the wife and he's like, If you tell anyone about this, I'll fucking kill you. And she starts crying. He's like, I'm kidding. We'll have him back by 10. <laughs> Will Ferrell's like, he's funny as fuck, dude. I don't know why people hate him so much. I think he's awesome. But I will say this Chauncey Riley is funnier than he is. I've always thought John C. Riley was funnier. Now, hands down. Oh my... no, the greatest comedy of all time is Talladega Nights. Oh yeah, dude, that's a fucking great one. You don't have to pray to the baby Jesus. He grew up. I like the baby version better. And I'm glad they never made a sequel. They were going to. I'm fucking grateful they didn't. I've that's a good movie. A diamond and I, um, a diamond in the snow. Story. Are we Who's making your... animal noises right now? Who's your favorite comedic actor of all time? Mine's Jim Carrey. Hands down. Uh, like modern day, mine is Danny McBride, but of all time, Jim Carrey. I think it is. I think it, it, I think it might be Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell is fucking awesome, man. He's funny as hell. Um, I think he's probably one of the, yeah, he's one of the greats. That guy is going to go down. I, I would say, I would say, um, oh God, Robin Williams. Oh my god, I know, dude. That's so hard because he's a legend too. He's gonna be, but I think Robin he'll be Williams, one of the greatest of all time. Robin Williams is just one of the greatest actors of all time. Period. He is. Him and Tom Hanks are right there. Like just, I forgot. 
I forgot how freaking good Goodwill Hunting is. Oh yeah, dude, that's a I watched it a couple movie. months. I watched it a couple weeks ago, and I'm just God, like, I love that movie. Yeah. Oh my god, it, dude, it still hurts. Line for line, that movie is crazy. Like, I think my favorite line in that whole movie is when uh, Matt Damon's yelling at a uh, Skarsgård. Uh, what's he say to him? Oh yeah, he's like, I'm sorry you can't do this. I really am, because at least I wouldn't have to watch people like you fuck it up. And he's talking about the math equations because he's so good at it. And they want him to excel, but they want him to do it. He doesn't want to go in that direction yet. And I'm like, dude, that line is so powerful because that's what it feels like when you can do something and others can't. And they look to you as if like they need your help or like you're a god in that sense. You're like, dude, it's not a hard thing to do. Reading a book is not hard. <laughs> Everyone looks at me like they just like, they found Goodwill Hunting doing math equations. I'm like, bro, reading a book is not fucking hard. But if you knew how, I wouldn't have to watch you fucking struggle. <laughs> that's what that feels like, dude. That's like, oh my God, that's a good movie. That's another one they were going to do a sequel to, and they didn't do it because Williams passed. I'm like, thank fucking God. Please don't ruin movies anymore. Dumb and Dumber 2 was a perfect example. I thought it was funny. I enjoyed it, but it's fucking stupid in comparison. And it's way too late, dude. I'm sorry. 30 years had passed. Or 90 there's years no old. Yeah, there's no reason for another one at that point. Oh, what movie did I just watch recently that Greg Daniels wrote? I was like, he did what? <clears throat> oh, it was so it was really good. What was it? The uh, silence of IMD searches. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> fuck <clears throat> oh shit oh space force yeah <laughs> that makes sense space force <laughs> I gotta go watch that actually you know what matter of fact I think I am was... the stupidest person on the planet wait why Jeff Daniels is the guy from um, right that's what I not, thought you were not Greg Daniels Greg no. Daniels is like an is the guy who <clears throat> Is the guy who made Parks and Rec. No, that's what I assumed you were talking about when I said Dumb and Dumber. Jeff Daniels. I always mix him and Jeff Bridges up by name. <laughs> Clearly two different people, but <laughs> um, anyways, unfortunately... I don't like him because he's Mark. a goddamn communist. I know, dude. That's what sucks. Mm. Like He's such an awesome actor, but he's fucking one of those. You're like, dude, how? In what world? That's why I have a lot of respect for Mr. Sir. John Vaught, he's full-on Republican, dude. Like, he has no fear either. That's John cool. Voight? Yeah, Voight, whatever. Right. That's right, because Vaught would be an A, huh? That's true. Damn, I always fuck Mr. Poor Sir's jo- name up. Poor John Voight. He got shot in a goddamn laundry closet. Jesus. He he was just trying to be a good janitor at school. Got blasted. You know he's in the movie Anaconda, right? Yeah. That's like his I think that in my opinion, that's his most insane role. He's evil in that movie, dude. It's terrifying. <laughs> but uh I I love the National Treasure movies, so you know, I'm gonna be honest. I think I only saw the first one. Yeah, I gotta go watch the second one. I wish they would have made another one though. I really did like the first one. I like Nicolas Cage, though. Yeah. That's the thing, dude. They're Nicolas supposed to, they're making a third one fucking 20 years later dude. <laughs> like finally 
Nick Cage is awesome, though. It's... Nick Cage is Nick Cage is both a genius and an insane person at the same time. Well, yeah, like he's not a good actor, but he makes his roles so like intense they're enjoyable. Like you can't help but watch him. You can't like just look away when his movies are on. And but he's he's not a good actor, but he's just like, he does he a hell of a good attention. job in he does a hell of a good job in Con Air. Con Air, he was, but I think the one, no, the two movies he was actually like really good in in terms of acting was Face Off and Kick Ass. I think that he did really good in those. Kick Ass was more of an exaggeration of how he is now. Like, he's a laughable person, basically. Dude, he looks like. Um, <clears throat> hell. <laughs> he looks like a drunk alcoholic. Yeah, dude. He looks like shit. Oh, and good news. The um, script for National Treasure has just been was approved Damn. by um, was uh, has been officially been approved by Nicolas Cage, and they're starting shooting soon. That literally so long. That's literally breaking news. <laughs> I wonder why but it took so long though. That's fucking crazy. Just reported four hours ago. Jesus Christ! The best place for that kind of stuff, those sources, is for sure comicbook.com, dude. Because they like. Yeah, they go after these fuckers and get information for them. Like, it's not like just tabloids. Uh, Unfortunately, the, we do got to wrap the, it there. Yeah, the whole, the thing that I'm most um, thing I'm most jealous about um, Nicholas Cage is Eleanor. Uh nineteen sixty-seven Shelby Eleanor. Cobra. Jesus Christ. Wait, hold on. Before I say goodbye, did you watch the Nick Cage movie, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent? No. Him and dude, it's so fucking funny. Like it's worth it. It's good. It's really good. Um, what's the new one that's coming out where he's retired, but he's they're paying him to some super rich person is paying him to go to this party and he finds out that this is this major human trafficker. And the FBI wants him to do undercover work while he's That's there. That's the one I'm talking about. The unbearable oh, weight okay. of massive talent. Yeah, dude, it's okay. so fucking funny. Like, I'll have to watch it then. Like, there's a twist story to it. I won't tell you, but essentially, the guy he's after happens to be his biggest fan. Yeah. So, yeah, it's so fucking funny. But uh, anyway, thanks guys for listening. Um, I want to take this time to say thank you for your support. Those of you that have been pushing us on Instagram, Facebook, kind of helping us get our numbers up, especially with views and all. And a big thank you to those that have stuck around since day one. It's not unnoticed. We really do appreciate it. If you're new to this, though, and you just so happen to stop in on this, if you'd like to hear more of us, we have every episode we've ever done all on the homepage, thegreatgirthpodcast.com. Again, that is thegreatgirthpodcast.com. You can also find us elsewhere, Spotify, Apple, we're everywhere. Just not YouTube. We're working on that. Otherwise, Austin, buddy, I will see you on Friday. Adios. This time, no. Uh...